Hello, hello, and it's Monday. It's Monday. Well, yeah, it's Monday. <laughs> and uh, obviously it's time for another episode. And I am, um, I'll be honest, I don't have a brew today because I am sweating cobs. I have just done a, a run because I'm training for a charity run, which is on 30th of June. Um, if you'd like to help out contribute, because I am um, saving, uh, creating, uh, I'll get there in the end. I am um, collecting money for the British Tinnitus Association. My Just Giving page is justgiving.com slash maned lioness. That's M-A-N-E-D lioness. Um, I'm not even trying to contribute too much. I'm not being greedy. Like I'd like, I'd love to raise thousands, but a couple of hundred is is my goal. Um, but either way, so I have water today because if I don't, I might pass out from dehydration um, or overheating. I'm not entirely sure which one, but either it's good while you're in the middle of a podcast. So today, subject. Well, this is my ninth episode, and I've gone through topics, and I obviously went through like closure and 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 good and bad like last episode and stuff like that but I thought I'd do a, a lighter one today and discuss of ways to make you that just a little bit better when your mental health is kicking your ass because it's all well and good knowing what's kicking your ass but it doesn't mean to say you're gonna, it's going to do you any better. So, today I'm going to discuss my six, possibly seven, I might put a bonus one in the end. Six, seven ways of how to handle mental health or my ways that could help you. Because some days you're at the end of your tether, you're fed up with your own thoughts, you're fed up with your own mind, running things round and around and around and around. And I'll be honest, I'm going to say this to you now, alcohol, drugs and all that lot. Yeah, obviously there is for depression and other stuff like that. There is tablets and I'm not criticising those for a second because I know how much people, even my own family use them, how much they help. But I know obviously people to self-medicate and it never ends up well. So these are my, I'll say, six, seven ways of how to deal with mental health when it has really kicked your ass. So, I'm going to start with, you. I've talked about my story of how I've had mental health issues since probably about 14 or beforehand, or, but when I look back, I would say they kind of really rose around 13, 14. Um, I've had several ways, and you know what, actually, at the end, I'll give you my bonus one of what my nana taught me. It's not exactly the... Um, best but I can tell you what it helped me survive and she was the very start of me being able to manage my own mental health so god rest us all I don't think I'd be here I owe her a lot I don't think I'd be here without if if she hadn't been there for me so here we go number one as a uh, when mental health is kicking your ass and you've had enough number one nature oh my good god when your thoughts are running through your head and you can't escape them, escape the area you're in. I know that sounds like you're running away. Trust me, it's not. Like, 
If you're in your house and you're sat with foot upon foot upon foot upon foot and it's, you just can't take it anymore, you'd be surprised how a walk through woods, um, for me, I like to get to the sea. If things are really getting bad for me, I love to be by the sea. There's something about the waves that instantly calm me um, and just sort of like clear my head. I know for other people it is a walk through the woods. Some people it's just a walk in general. Getting back out there, feel the sun on your skin, the rain. Sometimes walking in the rain is just as good. But get out, feel nature, feel the air. It literally does clear the cobwebs. Now, I know for some people they can't they can't get out the house. Open a window. Open a window. Let nature in. Now I'm not talking about being Snow White here and calling all the birds and all that law. We're not. I'm not on about that. But go into your back garden. Feed the birds in your back garden because I don't know about you, but I have a huge life gathering of birds from magpies to crows to little swallows depending on the time of the season um and chucking some food out for them and seeing what and just watch them you'd be surprised how much that makes you feel so much better well i would say so much for some people it'd be so much better for some people it's just a little bit better but a little bit better is better than what it was before so Try that. Get a bit into nature in any shape, form possible. I, I honestly, I couldn't recommend it enough. I, it's something I... The reason why it's number one, because it's my first choice. If I, I've got to a point where I know I'm going, I need to get by a sea. And I know it. And I will drive to the closest beach, which is still talking a good hour and a half away from where I am. I will get there. But that's my way. You, as I say, could be just feeding the birds in your back garden. Get to nature. Number two. Breathe. I was watching something yesterday by Jay Shea. And it really, like, proper got in deep. I mean, like, proper reached my de depths of my soul when he said this. And I can't remember the quote exactly. Please, please do look him up. He was a monk. He's now, um, I want to say preaching. Preaching would be a bit too bad, but sharing his wisdom from what he learned. And it's like, if you can control your breath, you can control your life. And I'd never even thought about that. When he was talking about how your breath is the only thing that stays with you till the very end, but obviously you would, because when you die, you lose your breath. But think about it, when you're anxious, when you're, when you're worried, when you're stressed, when you're sad, feel your heartbeat. Feel your breath. And your breath will generally be quickened, be slurred. Listen, in other words, listen to your body and take that control back. Like, we all go, oh, I'm, an, I'm an anxiety attack. See, in your head, listen to your body. Take that breath, that deep breath. When I'm anxious and my head has got so far in itself, I was going to say, you know what, Sonic? It's so far up its own arse, because sometimes my brains get so far up their own arse, I don't know where one ends and one begins. But they're so that, that I have to go, right, 
my head is a no-go area. What else can I control? My breath. My heartbeat. Because if you slow your breath, you slow your heartbeat. So just... And once you've calmed down, you'll be clearer. You can think clearer. You're not all there. You're in your body. You're feeling it. You're feeling it. That's the important thing. You're feeling it. Because your, your brain, when you're all in your head, you don't feel what your body's doing. And then, obviously, all of a sudden, you realise your heart's racing. Your mind's like, oh, why is my heart racing? And then that's it. You're back up again. Just my experience. And after speaking to several people, a lot of people... They have similar experiences. So, deep breath. Get Catch your breath back. Listen to what your breath is doing, your heart is doing. They're linked. Your head is a, can be a messed up place, but your, bra- your breath and your body, or your breath and your heart, are always going to be doing their thing without, they don't get any, they don't know what to do unless your brain tells them. So if you're going, <laughs> It's because your brain's telling it to. Take your focus away from your brain and go, right, I'm, I'm panicking. My anxiety is playing up. Deep breath. Count, count it out if you have to. There's a great app called Headspace. If you need help with that, brilliant stuff. Try it, honestly. But listen to your breath. Don't listen to your thoughts. I know it's easier said than done. Please, please don't shoot me down. Listen to your breath. If you can control your breath, you can control your thoughts and your thoughts will what run your life. Even if you have to st- not even if you have to stop what you're doing, the only thing I t- time I don't recognize, re- recommend that is if you're driving, I say pull over before you do that. <laughs> Just for everybody's safety. But take a breath. Take five, take a hundred deep breaths if you have to. But once you've got your breath back, you've got your thoughts back. So, number three. Now, this one can go 50-50. And I do have the other way to it later on. Switch off. Now, I don't mean mean like switch off as in like zone out. I mean switch off social media. Switch off Anything that's given you any extra negative thoughts, switch it off. Switch the news off. Just switch it off. Get out of it. Don't, don't, don't go near it. Switch, switch it off. Honestly, you'd be surprised. Social media is like a double-edged sword. And it has a lovely... Nap. I mean, it's a brilliant thing. Don't get me wrong. I love social media. I think it has such power in good but it also has such power in bad and the negativity that people can put out there without having to reap any consequences because if people don't think they have a consequence they can say what the hell they'll they'll say they will say what the hell they're like nick does get nasty switch it off step away go read a book go like i said earlier nature switch it off you are already dealing with your own negative thoughts. You do not need anything else. That's like going, here's a fire. Here's some petrol to put it out with. <laughs> it's not going to work. Not in the slightest. Believe me. Trust me. Sw- 
switch it off, step away, deactivate your accounts. Whatever you need to do for a little bit, get rid of the, or the extra negative thoughts. I mean, you could even say switch off the negative people in general. Because if you're reading nothing but negative thoughts on, on your social media or you're getting people uh, texting you, switch your phone off. Nobody is going to, nobody's going to blame you or have a go at you for switching off some your technology for half an hour because you needed the headspace. There are ways to contact you if they need you. Nothing's going to go wrong in half an hour. Right? Touch wood. But you need to switch off people, devices, whatever. Switch them all off. And just, just take a minute for yourself. Now, for some people, I get that can make it worse. And like I said, I'm going to bring up the opposite side to that. But I'm just going to take from the switch off is switch off negative thoughts and things, negativity from outside. Because if you're already dealing with your own negative thoughts, don't take any of us on board. Not right now. You can take it if it's constructive criticism. But if you're dealing with your own thoughts and they've got too much and they are kicking your ass, even constructive criticism can just feel like criticism when you're feeling bad. So just switch off. Switch them off. Just go, if it's people, please, you need to stay away from me for a couple of days. I need to gather my own thoughts. Switching off social media. Just, go, you know, radio silence for a bit. Nobody is going to blame you. Nobody's going to have a go at you. And if they do... They are not the people that you want in your life. Trust me. Because all they're doing is taking from you or, and giving you shit in return. Number four. Hobbies. Oh, yes. It is amazing what a hobby can do. I recommend this one. This one, this is one of my favourite. And yes, I know I say favourite wrong. Um, before anybody says anything. <laughs> well, it is my favourite. And um, hobbies. Oh, God. They are little gems of beautifulness. You'd be surprised how good for your mental health a hobby can be. When you zone yourself out and concentrate on something else that makes you feel good inside... Even if it's something that you keep to yourself, nobody knows. Like, you like to go into the middle of nowhere and sing at the top of your lungs. That is a hobby. Don't anybody let you tell you differently, okay? <clears throat> if it's walking, if it's art, if it's YouTube, it's... You know what? I could go forever. Gardening, fishing, a sport. Exercise is very good for your mental health, so I would recommend like a sport, but it, it it's completely up to you. You go for walking too, that's the same. But hobbies, they are little gems of happiness. And you know what? Hobbies are always good. Unless somebody forces you to do it, then it's no longer a hobby of goodness. But hobbies, think about it. You do this hobby a hobby is doing something you enjoy for the love of it. For the love of it. You're doing something for energy and for the love of it. Not 
I have to do this. Like work, I have to work. I have to do this. I have to clean the house and I have to, even with it costs, I have to, reading for some people is a hobby, for other people, I have to read to get past this essay. Yeah, we know. But a hobby, no. A hobby is always something good. Because you're doing something, not because somebody's, not because you've been forced to do it. Not because you're getting paid for it. In fact, most hobbies cost you money. You simply do it for the love. And that is where your gem of happiness is. That's where you go in. For me, I'll give you an example. When I feel a bit, I don't even know if that's a way to describe an emotion. Pick up a pen and a pencil and I draw. Like yesterday, I got to annoyances that happened. I had to sort out an essay that I thought I'd finished and apparently the structure wasn't right. So I, at seven o'clock in the morning, I was redoing an essay because I needed to get it back in for this morning. Um, and I had other little annoyances. So I got a pen and paper and just sketched a couple of pictures. Zoned out for an hour. After I'd done everything that I needed to do, I zoned out for an hour, just randomly pit, doing pictures. And I was gone for an hour. So it really doesn't take that, some hobbies really don't take that long. And then I came back and I felt so much better and I felt ready to take on the rest of the day. Hobbies are so good at just you expressing you. Everyone else reading and getting lost in a good book. Oh, I do love a good book. Or, for me, lost in a, a sketchy picture. And I mean sketchy as in I'm sketching, not as in like dodgy. But, <laughs> but just whatever hobby fills you with that little bit of happiness, even if it's just a little drop, do it. You'd be surprised. Number five, mindfulness. I shouted that. But again, mindfulness. Um, now this one's a 50-50 for some people because some people find mindfulness is, is just hogwash. I'd say give it a go. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You, you're not, not changed to what's going on. Headspace does mindful stuff as well. So the app I said earlier, do have a look. It's really good. Um, look into it. Yes, it is for some people a bit hippy-dippy, wishy-washy, whatever you want to put it. But for me, it helped me through some hard times. And because of the class I went to, I made some amazing friends from it. And especially one that I love to pieces and I would be lost without her. She, she's even got the nickname My Muse. That's how much I love her. So, just, my thing is, you should, I'm not going to say you should be doing it, but check it out. You're not going to be in any worse off position just by having a look. That's what I'm going to say on mindfulness. And number six, friends. 
family. Well, I'm going to go with friends because sometimes family is a bit of a funny one. This one, as I say, is the opposite to switch off. This one is more reach out. Now, everybody has their own way of dealing with stuff. And one works or you need to switch off and then reach out completely up to you. But I find that most people are more comfortable talking to their friend about their feelings and stuff than they are their family. It could be a matter of feeling weak or stigma or worried about what they're going to say or if they're worried about them and they don't want to worry them anymore, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But a good circle of friends, and when I say circle, I mean literally, it could be a triangle, there's three of you. But that group of people that when you are going down and it's so far kicked your ass and you've gone through every other method and it is kicking your ass and you don't want to get out of bed, you've had enough and you're getting into dark places, reach the fuck out. I kid you not. Text a friend. I'm having a bad day. Just a text. I can't, I can't take no more. A call, a phone call. Like I know I've got three or four friends that if they, no matter what, if they rung me and went, I, I can't take no more, I'd be like, I don't care if it's two, three o'clock in the morning, dude, what's the matter? I'm there. What do you want? Because I know that that circle of friends of mine, that if they're contacting me because I've had enough, I know they've had enough. And I know that they need me. And the same way, if I was to text them and go, I can't take no more, I need some help. And I have done, I have on many occasions, especially within the last couple of, uh, last five or six weeks, my friends have been my rocks. I don't have much family to speak of, or to be fair, like I have very little family and they all live quite far away. And without those four or five people that have been around, I honestly don't know what I would have done. They have been my solid rock and each and every time they've listened to me cry and be down and hand me a cup of tea, listened and been there with me, they've got angry for me, they've got happy for me when I've turned things around, they've been there and it all started because I just said well, I can't handle anymore. Just as I was starting to get the grips on stuff and I just couldn't take it. They've really helped me and through that bad situation where things did hit, where shit did hit the fan. They've been my, my rock and my friends are not my friends, they're my family. And I would be lost without them. So please, if you feel like that, I can guarantee there'll be one or two people, might be more if you're lucky, that you could call, go around to and say, please, I need your help. Or I can't take no more. Just whatever it takes. Or even not say anything. Just say like I don't want to talk about it. But I just want to sit with you for a bit. That works too. Trust me. If they love you the way they say they do. You can sit inside. God you could have a nap together. And it still wouldn't matter. But honestly. Reach out to friends. Reach, and if you do feel comfortable with family, please, please, I'm not saying don't. 
But I know for most people, they feel comfortable, more comfortable talking to their friends and their family. It's like that little bit of distance. But if you feel comfortable talking to your family, talk to your family. Just reach out to anybody. Reach out to the bloody dog. Just reach out. Because it, it can get lonely and it can get dark. So that's just my six methods. And I did say the bonus one. Bye, my nana. Bonus round. Now this was taught to me by my nana. Um, she saw I wasn't doing very well. I never told her until about a year or two before she died how my mother had really been with with me and my brothers and my sister. Um, especially for me and my sister, as my brothers were my stepbrothers, so my my grandparents never really felt that closely connected because they felt that they had their own grandparents and it was it was quite a divide let's put it that way um but i i suspect by nana knew i wasn't doing very well as a teenager and i'm thinking she was probably worried that i was going to go down the same route as my mother so she taught me this method and when i remember speaking to her as well 13 14 i said to her nana i can't cope anymore i've had enough and she was like, um, and I couldn't voice what I was saying because I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't, I mean, I knew my mum was a gambler and all that lot, but I couldn't put my finger on why everything was just getting so much of me. Obviously, now looking back, I do. Hindsight is a beautiful thing. But she said to me, do you want, do you want my method? I went, okay, what's that? She went, imagine you sat in a room, just a white room, you sat the the only thing that's in that room is you and a light switch. Just a light bulb, like you know, hanging from the ceiling. But that light is all of your problems. And you just need five minutes peace. You just need them to go quiet for five minutes. And she just said, When you're ready, switch that light off. And it took me, I was like, this is going to be daft. Because it was like, how can all your lights be, a, all your problems be just a light? I was going to say, how can your lights be all your problems? But still. <laughs> um, and it's not a metaphor for anything darker or like, you know, switch off light and all that. It literally is. You're focusing on putting it into one place and then shutting it the hell up. And it worked for me. It might not work for you. It, I'm just giving you something that worked for me. And if it works for just one other person to get through a day, then that's a little trick from my nana to you. Just switch them off. Switch that light off. That light is your issue. And if you can't switch it off, dim it just a little bit. So... Beautiful people, boys and girls of the podcasting world that have tuned into my lovely, they are not so lovely, depending on your opinion of my voice, voice. That is my six plus one extra of how to handle mental health when it is kicking your ass. I really hope you're all doing well. I'll be honest, like... 
Oh, got a dry mouth now. Um, but fizzy water is beautiful, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's my opinion too. Fizzy water is beautiful. Um, but if, if mental health is kicking off, please reach out. Please speak to somebody. And I really hope you're all doing well today. Nothing makes me happier than seeing people be happy. And sometimes you don't even need to be happy. Just content that you've survived another day. So, until next time, it is beautifully sunny outside and I have a messy car. So, I'm about to do that. I hope you all have a good day. And I hope you've all have helped in some sort of way to kick mental health ass back if it's getting to you. Give it a bloody good fight. If you like this episode and want to listen to more, I have over 60 episodes of A Couple With. And they go from me talking on my own about subjects and stories of my life to others. And some people I've spoken to have incredible, incredible stories. And that's what it's all about. Talking about people's stories over a cup of tea. And having those open conversations. So, like I say, if you like, share, subscribe, rate. That's all appreciated. And thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this.